tradition has taught us we attack and we defend but then Jesus came and says no no uh, I don't need defense I need demonstration and again I want to say to you that the, that the best defense for the Christian faith is demonstration Hello and welcome to the Love Key Church podcast where we share our church's message of the week. My name is Heinz Winkler and together with my wife, children and our leadership team, we host Love Key Church here in Somerset West, online and on this podcast. It is our mission to help you to encounter God, align with His purposes, reign in life and help others to do the same. We trust that you will find this message empowering, encouraging and inspiring. Please share it with your friends and family and write a review for us. And a huge thank you goes out to those who have already done so. May you be thoroughly blessed as you listen to this message. Amen, amen. It is such a great honor for me to be here this morning. Uh, I love this church, love Key Church. I love everything this church stands for. I love what this church is doing. I told Heinz, you know, if we had a Lovekey church in Mossel Bay, I will be the first one to attend it. Amen. Uh, it's a beautiful church, and the Lord is doing beautiful things through, through this ministry. And it's such an honor for me to be here this morning and to stand in this pulpit of Heinz. You know, wherever I go, you can ask my wife, wherever I go, if someone asks me something about Heinz, I always say he's the most humblest man I've ever met. And I meet a lot of people. I don't say this just uh, to be nice in his church. I've said it to him, and I've said it many times about him. He's such a great man of God, and it's a true honor for me to know Heinz, to know Aleta, to know their children, and to see what God is birthing through their lives. And uh, you guys are so blessed. If you're in this church, you are blessed to call him your pastor. He's a man that loves God. He's a man that loves his wife and his children, and he's a man that loves this church, and he loves the kingdom of God. So let's give them a hand while they are in Israel. I want to honor my wife, Stanke Opnoe, Vaifa You know, my, my, my grandma used to say to me when I was very small, she said to me in Afrikaans, Mooi vergaan, maar deeg staan. Beauty perishes, but virtue endures. And I'm thankful to the Lord that He has given me a woman of virtue, a woman that supports me in, in all my endeavors. And, uh, you know, sometimes I do crazy things and she's backing me all the way. So I'm, so I'm so thankful for her as well. And uh, yeah, you can give her a hand, praise the Lord. <laughs> then I have some friends here this morning. I have Alvin Ace, you guys know him. He's, he's preaching here next Sunday. You better uh, come. It's a prophetic guy. He pro- he'll prophesy your ID number, I promise you. <laughs> he's a very accurate man of God. It's such an honor to have you here, Alvin. And then I have Luandi. She's my sister from another mister. And uh, I love having you guys here. And then I have my good friend Lazar and his awesome family. My brother from another mother, I am pleased to have great friends and uh, great people that surround me. I am so excited about ministry and I'm so excited about the kingdom of God. You know, what, one thing that I've understood or came to understand uh, over the last few years in ministry is that when God calls a man, He calls a family. You know, while I'm standing in the pulpit today, my sister is somewhere playing with my little girl. My mom is back in Mossel Bay looking after my little boy. And so we have a big family operation to do this thing, to make this thing work. And so I want to encourage you, you need to get plugged into a family. You need a a physical family, but also a spiritual family to do everything that God has called you to be. You will not fulfill your calling and you will not walk in the fullness of the destiny that God has for you on your own. 
The kingdom of God is relational. We need one another. We need our church. We need our family. We need our wives and our husbands. We need one another. So we, I want to encourage you this morning to look after one another, to support one another, to love one another, to honor one another because we need one another. Do you believe that? Amen. Amen. You know, while I was preparing for this message, I, I have so many things in my spirit and I've been traveling all over the country in the last few weeks. It's, it has been crazy. We've seen multitudes of people coming to hear the gospel, being saved and healed and touched and refreshed. And I have so many things that's burning in my spirit to preach on. You know, but you know, a few years ago when I started preaching, I had this great desire wherever I go to be a preacher of motivation and inspiration. You know, I wanted to motivate people and inspire people to walk in the things of God. And even though when I started out as I wanted to motivate and inspire people, I understand now 10 years later that motivation and inspiration is fickle. It lasts for a moment. What a church of God needs now more than ever is not more motivation and inspiration. What a church of God needs now more than ever is transformation and activation. We need transformation to look like Jesus and activation to do what Jesus did. Um, while I was praying this morning, I was thinking um, of my trip in America last year. I've told this story at many churches. I was in America with a friend of mine, Andre Bronkhorst, and we were traveling all over America, preaching at different churches and conferences. It was an amazing experience. And just before um, we flew back to South Africa, we decided to spend two days in Manhattan in New York, in Times Square. It was a great experience. Big buildings, big screens, lights. It's wonderful. We arrived there on a Sunday night, about 12 o'clock at night. It was very late. And uh, we booked into our hotel and we walked to Times Square because we wanted to see what this buzz is about. And I was blown away by the, the size of that place and the size of the building. It's, it's 12, 12 o'clock at night on a Sunday night, but there's people, thousands of people everywhere. It looks like ants. They're just having a good time. But while I was walking, full of excitement in Times Square to, you know, to witness what, what was happening there, I got such a, a, a heavy feeling on my heart and on my spirit because as I looked around, I see godlessness all over the show. I saw, saw people under the influence of drugs on the sidewalks. I saw prostitutes walking around. Some ladies barely had any clothes on. And I saw that the, this, this place, Times Square, Manhattan, is full of godlessness. And my heart was broken for that city. I was in many places all over America, but if there's one place that moved my heart like none other, it was Manhattan. Because I saw the, the things that was happening in that city. And while I was walking there, you know, everybody wants to put weed in your hand. There's people sitting on the tables, they want to put weed in your hand. And you know, my mom said, you don't take strange things from strange people. So I just dodged them, eh? But my heart was breaking for this, for this uh, people. And while I was walking back to my hotel, I said to my friend Andre, I said, yes, see, it looks bad here. My heart breaks for this, for this city. And my heart was crying out to God, and I was saying, God, please, I have two days in Manhattan. Let me meet someone that stands for righteousness, that stands for the kingdom of God, that stands for the truth of God's word. And for two days, I was walking up and down in that streets, and I was having a very nice time. I was buying my children some clothes, so I really enjoy that. Uh, um, but for two days, I was walking around, and I met no one. The only thing I, 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 I saw was people trying to sell me stuff and put stuff in my hands. So I just, in two days, I've learned to sidestep better than Chesley and Colby, I'm telling you. You sidestep left and sidestep right, just to not take the things that these people want to put in your hand. 
But on the final day, as I rushed back to the hotel to get my, my luggage uh, to leave for the airport to fly back to South Africa, I was uh, in a rush with, with Andre, and as we walked on the sidewalk, an old lady jumped up in front of me and she tried to put something in my hand. But I'm tired of this people now, so I'm just giving her like a chase and gold beside step. And the moment I moved past her, Andre and I stopped and we looked at one another because something happened in our spirit. You know, the Bible says deep cries out to deep. Something happened in my spirit and I saw Andre experience the same thing. We, we realized in that moment that we did not walk past any person. The person we just sidestepped, sidestepped carries something in her spirit. And as we turned back to her, we saw it was an old, very old Chinese lady. And she was standing there, and I walked up to her, and I saw the card she was holding in her hand was representing the gospel. The gospel of Jesus was written out on, the, on, that, on that card. So I asked her, is he an evangelist? And she couldn't understand what I was saying. She was speaking in broken English, but me too. So we were trying to find one another. And uh, so I changed my word, and I said to her, or I asked her, are you a missionary? And, and she said to me, yes, missionary, China. I said, well, I can see you're from China. You... <laughs> And uh, um, Andre asked her, uh, do you see many healings? And she couldn't understand what he was saying. And so he changed the word. He said, do you see many miracles? And the, the uh, eyes lit up. And she said, Jesus is the miracle worker. Jesus is healer. Jesus is savior. Jesus is deliverer. And in that moment, we had the Holy Ghost revival on Fifth Avenue in Manhattan. And I realized that the word of Jesus stands true, that he will build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Listen to me. Even though we see godlessness all over uh, the world, I want to say to you this morning that godlessness is just being amplified. Jesus said he will build his church. The Bible says the earth shall be filled with the glory of God. Listen, Jesus is raising up a people. He's raising up a remnant, a people that will not bow down to the culture and the agenda of the day. He's raising up a people that will stand for righteousness, stand for truth, and stand for God's word. And today, this invitation is being extended to you to stand for righteousness, to stand for the truth of God's word, but not only stand for it, but act on it. That Chinese lady was in a, in a nation that was not her own. She was amongst people speaking a language that was not her own, but she didn't care because she responded in obedience to the call of God on her life to preach Jesus and represent Jesus to a world that's dying and in need of him. And then this morning, this same invitation is being extended to you. You know, my biggest frustration with the church in the, in, at the moment is that we have become passive. We need to move past uh, being passive and start being effective in Jesus' name. We need to get off our blessed assurance and stand up and preach Jesus to a dying world. In Afrikaans, I like to say, Come on. We need to stand up and move for the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Now I'm off track. Praise the Lord. In Jesus' name. I am burning to see people saved. I was in the Northern Cape, uh, a few, I don't know when, two, it feels so long ago, two weeks ago, and we were preaching town after town after town. I could see that people are hungry to be saved. They are hungry for truth. They are hungry for the Word of God that, separ that liberates them, that sets them free, that gives them hope. And you know, we carry in us the hope of glory, Scripture says, but we do nothing with it. Church is not a social club, guys. Church is a place where we get equipped and empowered to go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to all creation. We need to move in Jesus' name. I want to share a message with you this morning that I've given a title, New Territory. I want to read the scripture to you out of the book of Joshua, chapter 1, verse 2, uh, till uh, verse 4. 
It says the following, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise, go over the Jordan, you and all this people into the land that I'm giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, that just as I promised Moses, from the wilderness, this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river of Ephrath, I don't know how do you pronounce that, all the land of the Hittites, to the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your territory. So we see in the scripture that God has a desire to give us territory. He wants us to expand. You know, I know when, when the people hear the word new things, new season, expansion, we get excited because we think that we want to expand in our finances, we want to expand in our businesses, we want to expand in our position or in our platforms. But I want to say to you today that when God spoke to, Mo, to Joshua to, and, and when he told him that he's giving him new territory, he wants, to, he wants him to take the promised land. The main reason God wanted to give the promised land to Israel and to Joshua and he wanted to give them new territory was not just for the people of Israel, Israel to enjoy a place overflowing with milk and honey. Yes, that is the benefits, but that, that is not the main reason. God was wanting to establish a kingdom. God wanted to establish a place where his people could be separated and liberated, where they can live in his presence. And God wants this kingdom to increase and grow and expand. And that's why he's given Joshua the, the, the mandate, wherever you put your foot, I will take, you will take that territory. Not for yourself, Joshua, but for the kingdom of God. And we are living in a generation that is so self-centered, it's about me, expand me, Lord, build me, grow me. And yes, God will bless you and God will expand you. That's wonderful. We will enjoy the benefits of the kingdom. But we should understand the main agenda for us being here this morning and on place on this earth is to have dominion, the Bible says, and to expand the kingdom, take new territory for the kingdom of God. We need to advance. We need to move forward. We need to conquer and take territory. God wants us to go into the, our work spaces and our places of influence and take territory for the kingdom of God. New territory. I want to read a scripture to you out of the book of Matthew chapter 6 verse 33. It's a well-known scripture. It says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Listen, when we prioritize the kingdom, when we have a kingdom agenda, when we are looking to expand God's kingdom, when we prioritize the kingdom, we will have everything we need. Just before the scripture, it says that Jesus says, don't care about what you will eat or drink or what you will wear. Listen, that's taken care of. That is one of the perks when you are a king, kingdom citizen. But your focus should not be my business, my needs, my, my, my. It must be, well, how can I expand the kingdom of God? Because when you function in the kingdom's agenda, when you are a kingdom citizen, you have access to kingdom resources. You have access to kingdom provision. You have access to kingdom protection. But your mission and your, your focus should not be the add-ons. Because that is, that is a, it will be there. The focus is how can I expand and seek and, and expand the kingdom of God. That is what it's about. I want to read the scripture to you out of the book of Matthew, chapter 26, verse 69 to 74. Uh, the title of this passage of scripture is Peter Denies Jesus. Now Peter was sitting outside in the country yard and the servant girl came to him and said, you, are, uh, you also were with Jesus the Galilean. But he denied it before them, saying, I do not know what you mean. 
And when he went out to the entrance, another servant girl saw him and said to the bystanders, this man was with Jesus of Nazareth. And again, he denied it with an oath. I do not know this man. After a little while, the bystanders came up to uh, came up and said to Peter, certainly you two are one of them. Your accent betrays you. Then he began to evoke a curse upon on himself and to, um, and to swear, I do not know the man. And immediately the roaster crowed. Now, this man, Peter, was a man that walked with Jesus. He talked with Jesus. He saw who Jesus was. He was a man that saw that Jesus had the capacity and the authority to open blind eyes. He saw how Jesus opened the deaf ears. He saw how Jesus addressed the storms to be calm. He saw that Jesus was raising the dead. He, he saw firsthand, he experienced firsthand who Jesus was. He was taught by Jesus. He was loved by Jesus. And I believe he loved him. But when the moment came, when Peter had the opportunity to put all these things that he had learned and experienced to practice, he denied Jesus. And you should understand, this is the same man just a, a few moments before that, when Jesus was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, the Bible says Peter was with him and a, a big crowd of, of guards came to arrest Jesus. The Bible says the same man that just denied uh, Jesus was the man that pulled a sword to cut off an ear of a guard. He was willing to defend Jesus, but not to demonstrate Jesus. He was willing to pull a sword um, on someone that, that wanted to put his hands on Jesus, but the moment he had the opportunity to demonstrate Jesus to people that does not know him, he denied him. He failed him. And it's so, so beautiful what happens in that passage of Scripture. The Bible says, as Peter pulled the sword and cut off the ear, Jesus says to Peter, hey, no, 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 this is not how we operate. If you live by the sword, you will die by the sword. And the moment Peter cut off the ear, what Jesus did, he, was, he laid his hands on that man and he restored his ear. And Jesus shows us a powerful thing, thing in that moment. He shows us that, to, that he does not want to be defended. He wants to be demonstrated. I want you to think about this. He does not want to be defended. The Bible says that Jesus had a legion of angels to his, to his, uh, 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 available for him. If Jesus wanted to be defended, he could have called upon the angels. But Jesus was there on a kingdom assignment. He was bringing the kingdom of God to the earth. He was extending and expanding the kingdom of God. He had a mission. He had a mandate. And so he didn't care about defense. All he cared was, how do I demonstrate the kingdom? Who do you think was more effective? Peter cutting off the ear or Jesus restoring the ear? Who do you think made an impact on that God's life? Peter by cutting his ear off or Jesus by restoring him? Obviously Jesus. The kingdom of God came to that God's life when Jesus demonstrated the kingdom. Expansion came. New territory came when Jesus uh, laid his hands upon him. Listen, friends, I want to say to you that we are not called to defend the faith. We are called to demonstrate the faith. And I know many people would stand up and say, you Andre, no, no, we need to defend our faith. But I want to submit to you this morning and say to you that the best defense is demonstration. You know, my brother plays rugby, uh, and, and I love rugby. All of, uh, if you're a proper South African, you love rugby. <laughs> the best way to gain points to put points on the board is not by defending the whole time. It's by demonstrating your skills and move forward to score, score points. 
We cannot be effective in our walk with Jesus, in the expansion of the kingdom, and taking new territory if we defend and not demonstrate. Listen, it's so, so funny to me. You now Christians are so willing to defend, just like Peter did, but we are not as willing to demonstrate Jesus. I still see on social media so often when someone says something, we pull out our swords, the Bible, and we cut people and we bruise people and when we hit people and we judge people and we attack people and we think that we are doing God a service. You are the faith. Jesus needs my defense. No, no, no. We will be much more effective when we put our agendas and our opinions and our egos away and say, listen, it's not about me, about defending or proving a point. It's about demonstrating the kingdom of God. We are not, to call, we are not called to defend. We are called to demonstrate in Jesus' name. I want to read a scripture to you out of the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 14. The title of this uh, uh, passage of scripture is Peter's Sermon on Pentecost. Now, remember, Peter denied Jesus. He turned his back on Jesus, not once, not twice, three times. He denied him. But something happened to this man, Peter. Listen to what, what happens. The Bible says the disciples were praying in the upper room, and the Holy Spirit came, and they were speaking in strange tongues. And scripture says that people called them drunk. And the moment they labeled the disciples as being drunk, Peter, the same man that denied Jesus, stands up. And listen to what happens. It says, but Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my word, for, the, for these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel, and in the last day shall it be. God declares that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Say all flesh. flesh. Notice he does not say some flesh. It says all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and my female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. So we see the same man but in a different capacity. Here Peter, Peter stands up and he speaks uh, with, with boldness. He speaks with clarity. He's, he's determined. He's unashamed of the gospel. The same man that denied Jesus was now demonstrating Jesus to this people. And the change came the moment he received the power of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. To do what? To be a witness to Judea, Jerusalem, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The, the reason Peter could stand up full of full of the fire of God was because he has received the power. And the moment he preached that message with clarity and with boldness, the Bible says 3,000 people were saved. Expansion, guys. New territory for the kingdom of God. God wants us to take territory. And he has given us the, the, the ability to do so through the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen, in our own capacity, we cannot do it. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. And the moment the power of the Holy Spirit came, this man who denied Jesus, demonstrated Jesus, and now we don't have a guy whose ear is cut off. Now we have 3,000 people added to the church of Jesus Christ. The moment he decided that I will not be a defender but a demonstrator. I will not fight people, I will love people. I will show them the way. And through doing that, expansion came to the kingdom of God. New territory was taken by the kingdom of God. We see this in, this in the life of Paul in Acts chapter 9. It says that a man, Saul, who was a chief 
uh, uh, Pharisee. He was a man that was taught in the things of God. This man was, was attacking the church. He was attacking the disciples. He was attacking Christians. And he was thinking that he was doing God an honor. He's doing God a favor by defending his church. You know, the, the Pharisees that crucified Jesus were thinking they were, they were defending God by cru- crucifying Jesus. But the moment, the Bible says in Acts chapter 9 that Peter, uh, uh, Paul, which was Saul at the moment, was on his way to Damascus to, to attack Christians and to, to put them into prison. And on that, on that way to Damascus, the Bible says he had an encounter with Jesus. And he says, who are you? And Jesus says to him, I am Jesus who you are persecuting. I am God who you are persecuting. You are thinking you are defending me. You are doing me a favor. In actual fact, you are persecuting me and my church. And he said, to, he said to, the, to Jesus, what do you want me to do? And he says, go to Damascus, preach Jesus. And the Bible says, Paul went there. He went from Saul to Paul. Transformation happened when he encountered the Holy Spirit. Listen, I want to say to you, and I want to say this boldly, the, 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 the purpose of the Holy Spirit is not just for you to laugh and lay on the ground and have a good time. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is to empower you to live like Jesus, to do what Jesus did. Yes, we enjoy the benefits of the Holy Spirit, but the purpose is to give us power. To be demonstrators in Jesus' name. And so here, here Paul goes to Damascus and he's with the disciples there. And, and you know, the Bible says that people, the disciples were afraid of him because they have heard about this defender of God. They have heard about this man killing Christians, attacking Christians, throwing Christians in prison. He, they've heard it. Saul had a reputation. But now there's another disciple advocating for him and saying, no, no, this guy is preaching Christ powerfully. Listen to what happens in Acts chapter 9, verse 31. It says, so the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up and walking in the fear of the Lord. And listen to this. I love this. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. It expanded. It grew. New territory was taken for the kingdom of God. How? By demonstrating Jesus, by preaching Jesus, by proclaiming Jesus. Friends, I want to submit to you this morning that God wants to empower you through the, through the Holy Spirit to go into the highways and the byways to your school, your university, your workplace, and demonstrate and not defend Jesus so that people get, can get saved, so that the kingdom of God can advance and take new territory in Jesus' name. But we want to defend Jesus. Friends, he does not need our defense. He's God. The creator does not need the defense of the creation. What he wants from us is to be demonstrators. To be movers and shakers. To stand up and say, Lord, I, re- I report for duty. I will not sit on my blessed assurance Sunday after Sunday and whenever someone says something about God, I will defend him. No, no, no. I will stand up and I will demonstrate God in every sphere of, of influence in every area of my life. How, we, how do we demonstrate? You say, you know, I know some might be sitting here and saying, you wonder, I'm not a preacher and that's fine. You don't demonstrate Jesus by just preaching. You demonstrate Jesus by loving people. You demonstrate Jesus by having compassion on people. You, you demonstrate Jesus by de- being generous to people. There's so many ways to, to demonstrate the goodness of God. Listen, the Bible says in Psalm, come and taste. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Listen, we need to prepare a table for people around us so that they can come and sit at a table and taste and see that the Lord is good. We only can, we can only do that by demonstrating God, not defending Him. 
How is it that we think we are doing God a service when we defend him? Pulling our swords like Peter did, attacking other Christians, attacking other people. It does not make the kingdom look good. In fact, I have sat with people, young people, and they say, Yohandra, I don't want to be a part of the church. I don't want to be a part of this Christian thing. And I would ask them why. And they would say, and they would say to me, you know, Christians are the meanest people I know. They pull out the Bible and they want to correct me and hit me and attack me and tell me what I should and shouldn't do. Guys, that's not making the kingdom of God advance. We need people that will say, that, Lord, I am sorry, I am done defending you and I'm going to respond for duty and I'm going to start demonstrating you. Loving people. When Jesus restored the ear of that God, he was showing compassion. He was showing love. He was showing grace. He was demonstrating the heart of the Father. We need to become demonstrators and stop being defenders. And the reason I'm preaching so seriously on this, on this, uh, on this thought is because I travel from place to place, town to town, city to city, and I see the great need for the people of God to rise up be counted, stand up, and demonstrate the goodness of God. There's a world dying. There's a world that is going into ruin. The Bible says, Jesus says, let us work while it's still day, because night is coming while no man can work. We are running out of time. We have a job to do, church of God. We need to respond and stand up and say, Lord, I am done defending. I'm starting to demonstrate the kingdom of God, the goodness of God. We are going to take territory on God's way and for God. We, you know, I grew up in a church small church, I always say in that church, we did three things. You sing a bikie, you preek a bikie, you gooi a tikie, and you go to school. That's all we did. And it was a very strict church. And in that church, I was told that I should wear a tie up to here. And my, if my wife, which was my girlfriend at the time, if she came to church without a hat, they would supply her one at the door. Yeah. <laughs> and we would learn all these rules and these regulations and the do's and the don'ts. And obviously, we, we, because we grew up in that atmosphere, we thought when we, when we tell people you should wear a tie to church and put a hat on your head and you should do this and you should do that, we thought we are doing a, a, a God of service. What we were doing is we were harming the kingdom. We were pushing people away by our traditions. I love that song. I, I put away my traditions. I want Jesus. I want, you know, Phil Wickham released a song. The theme of the song is, I, I, I choose the Jesus way. Hallelujah. Friends, let's choose the Jesus way. Let's stand up and restore people. Love people. Encourage people. Bold people, and by doing that, we will take territory for the kingdom of God. It is not just about our territory, me, myself, and I. Lord, bless me, give me, do it for me. And God, God is a God that will supply all your needs. Don't, don't misunderstand me. But our primary reason on this earth is to have dominion on the earth and establish the kingdom of God. And there are certain ways that we need to follow to do that. Tradition has taught us we attack and we defend 
But then Jesus came and says, no, no. Uh, I don't need offense. I need demonstration. And again, I want to say to you that the best defense for the Christian faith is demonstration. You will not convince someone by telling, telling them this or that. But when you show them, when you demonstrate that which you believe, people will respond to the, to the gospel. And they will come into the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name. I want to ask you, Han, to come and play for me for a moment, please. Friends, I am sharing this message with you not to sound mad or angry, but I'm burning to see the lost saved Amen. and the saved revived and activated in the things of God. And I understand now more than ever, if we want to take true territory for the kingdom of God, this is, will not take one man. This is not a one-man show. The Bible is calling the body of Christ to stand up, respond, and take territory. You know, there's a story in the Bible of a man named Gideon. Scripture says that Israel was being attacked and ruled by the Midianites. And this group of people was destroying everything for Israel, just harming them and stealing from them and taking from them. And the angel of the Lord appeared to a man named Gideon. He said, listen, stand up, mighty warrior. And I want you to stand up and not defend Israel, but to take the territory back. And he says, no, Lord, I'm not, I'm not, I don't have the capacity. I am a simple man. I don't have the, the, the ability to lead and to fight. I am a farmer. And Jesus said, I, uh, the angel of the Lord said, I choose you. And we know the story of Gideon. The Bible says he had 300 people. And when they responded to the call of God, when they stood up and said, I will be counted. I will be available. I will do what I can do. I will make my resources available. I will serve the vision. I will do whatever it takes, whatever capacity. I will do my part to, to take back the territory. The Bible says Gideon with his 300 men, just 300 men stood up against a mighty army. And without even fighting them, the Bible says they fled. Because they responded in obedience. They, they positioned themselves and, and made themselves available to not just defend our territory, but to advance yeah. and demonstrate God. Friends, God wants us as a church to advance. He wants us as a people to advance and take territory. But I want to say to you this morning, this is my message. We will not take territory by defense. We will take territory, territory by demonstration. By demonstrating God. Hallelujah. And I want to throw out a call to you this morning. And this is something that I want you to think about seriously. And not take it lightly. You know, Scripture says in the book of Deuteronomy that today I call heaven as a witness against you. That I have put before you life and death blessing and curse. And now the scripture says, choose life that you and your descendants may live. And as the scripture says, I have put before you life and death. And as the scripture says, I have called heaven as a witness. This morning, I call heaven as a witness. And I ask you to respond to the call. I, res I, I, I urge you to stand up for service, to make yourself available, not to be a defender, but to be a demonstrator of the kingdom of God. I urge you and I invite you to make yourself available to take territory for the kingdom of God. To lay aside your own wants and likes and dislikes and say, Lord, here I am, use me 
to expand the kingdom, to take new territory for the kingdom. You might be saying, Yohanra, I'm not a preacher. I can't preach. Listen, but you're a businessman and you know how to make money. You can finance the kingdom. We need kingdom financiers. You might be saying, Yohanra, I don't have money, but I can speak. Praise God. Then you preach Jesus. Do what you can do. Respond to the call of God. Report for duty in Jesus' name. You have something to bring to the table. You have something to give. You have something to, to bring. The Bible says that when the disciples, I like the, there's a saying that goes like this. When everybody brings something, no one lacks anything. And the kingdom of God will not lack in taking territory. It will not lack in going forward and advancing when everybody does their part. When we move away from religion and traditions of, I need to defend, I need to defend this God of mine. No, no, we need to de demonstrate it. Thank you so much for listening to the Love Key Church podcast message of the week. I trust that you had a life-changing encounter with God that will help you to align with His purposes so that you can be one step closer to reigning in life. And may you be inspired to share this with others. Have a great week and remember to listen again next week or you can catch us live online or come visit us in person. May God bless you and keep you. Make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you and your loved ones. God bless you. Bye-bye.